A quick note before we get started. Uh, so during the interview, you may hear a knocking sound at various points throughout the discussion due to construction that was happening on the other side of the wall from our studio. Uh, but rest assured, it doesn't detract from the conversation. All right, this is Matt Thrift for the Palmetto Report, and today we are discussing music and live music and kind of how that's been affected uh, in the sort of era that we are currently in with uh, the COVID pandemic and talking to a music producer and session player and live uh, multi-instrumentalist uh, Sam Booth is joining us. He currently plays with the Gladsome Light, a band based out of Texas, and Cameron Marlowe, a country up-and-coming uh, country singer based out of Kannapolis, now based in Nashville. So thanks for uh, taking the time and sitting down with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, I was curious, and I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of sick of talking about and hearing about COVID, but uh, you know, musicians in particular have been really affected by this. You know, a lot of people's tours got canceled for at least the next year and um, playing with two different bands that both play live and tour and whatnot. Uh, I was wondering if you could maybe talk about how that's affected things for y'all this year. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing I'd have to ask is how long do you have? Because basically, uh, well, I mean, to start, you know, we were getting uh, set with Cameron Marlowe to go out on a little run in California and Nevada back in March. We were going to open for Travis Trinner, Travis Tritt and Leonard Skinner um, out in, I think it was Reno, Fresno, San Diego, not in that order. But we actually got the call from management the night before we were going to fly out from Nashville that never mind, like Leonard Skinner's pulled out, like we're not going. And from there it was... Um, you know, whirlwind, like everybody remembers that weekend in March. I think, uh, that was that Friday, the 13th and then the 14th and 15th. And then by the 16th, it was uh, pretty clear that, uh, things were not getting back to the usual. So, um, I'd say, you know, we started off thinking, okay, well maybe month of March, we'll write that off. Maybe mid April things will be back in, but we saw over the course of the spring, every festival, every live event, any appearances we would have made, uh, those all got canceled. And then by the summer, um, you know, everything for the rest of the year was off, off the books too. So we have this little, uh, artist growth app. It's a little like uh, band management kind of thing. And you go through and you look at your little squares on the calendar and they just one by one got postponed to 2021. Uh, so that's been tough. Uh, and it's been a bummer cause you know, this was supposed to be a great year for, for a lot of people. Um, then on the uh on the recording side of things there's actually more work in some ways because you can record at home people are more than happy to have you send them things and do it on the cheap and they don't have to fly you out or put you up in a hotel or feed you um so that's been fun but i mean how it how it mainly looks is uh bare minimum like if i had to summarize you know i'd say yeah there's not a lot out there at the moment but uh Things have started to open up a little bit. Uh, I played with one artist, I'm not going to name, subbing in uh, on bass uh, in Atlanta about three weeks ago. And they actually did not put the event on their social media or advertise it at all because they were concerned about how it would look or if 
you know, people would think they were being irresponsible, but they also, you know, that's their main job is, I mean, uh, this guy is the artist, so he has to, he has to work. And, uh, so it was a, it was a difficult, uh, position to be in from a like moral standpoint for him. He wasn't sure, uh, if he should do it or not, but you know, finances dictated he did, but he didn't advertise it. So um, that's, uh, kind of a position a lot of us find ourselves in. So do you see, uh, you mentioned that, you know, things are kind of starting to to come back a little bit. Have you had any kind of indication with any of the bands that, you, that you're in about when things might pick back up in terms of touring? Because I know you also mentioned, you know, a lot of people, things got pushed off till 2021. Uh, yeah, for right now, I mean, I'd, I'd say my best guess that I'm... Uh, I'm kind of operating uh, from the assumption that we'll be back up and running, you know, maybe summer 2021 and there'll probably still be restrictions and precautions in place. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, that would be my, my best guess, but I reserve the right to be wrong because I thought in April, surely, you know, by August, right. Things will be, I'll, I'll be back in, back in full swing. And you know, that, that hasn't, uh, that hasn't happened at all, uh, especially with the, excuse me, the main uh, two artists I play with, you know, we haven't really done much of anything. Uh, most of the work I've been getting now has been subbing in for more uh, one-off kind of kind of events. Um, and then again, some, some session work and then a uh, few local guys. Uh, I've uh, jumped in with them. For example, uh, Matt Tucker, who's a local uh, actually Rock Hill high grad class of Oh three as he's a local country singer. I think he splits his time between here and Nashville, but we played in Fort mill on Saturday actually. So, uh, and that was, that was a good time. Um, you know, outdoor kind of thing. And, uh, it's, it's at a, it was at a restaurant. So, I mean, that's kind of looking like if anything is going to come back first, that's, that's, uh, what it'll be because people are eating and, uh, out at restaurants still. So that seems like a, you know, something you can do a little safer than filling up an arena with, you know, 10,000 people and right. breathing the same recycled air for two hours. <laughs> now, you mentioned um, we were talking before we started recording that, you know, had a pretty good turnout. What was it, your kind of reaction to seeing that, you know, that people are, are coming to the even though it is a restaurant. Yeah. And people are going to be going out eating. But I mean, do people seem engaged? Were they were they? Was it obvious anybody was there for the music or did people kind of hang out longer? Did it seem like? Yeah, they, uh, they definitely had, you can tell people have been going start crazy without live music or live events or, or seeing each other. So, you know, you do have, uh, when people get a chance to see even just somebody sitting in a corner playing guitar, they seem a little more attentive. I've, I've noticed that, um, you know, in, in churches, I, I've come up playing in churches a lot too, cause it's only, you know, greater Charlotte. There's only, you know, one church for every 25 people <laughs> in this area. Uh, so a lot of people, myself included, came up playing in churches and, uh, you know, those have started back up again under precautions and, um, you know, under COVID guidelines and stuff, but people there, you know, uh, seem more excited to play music, more excited to hear it. Uh, yeah. So in any, in any situation you think of, I mean, people are definitely engaging more. And I mean, I personally have felt uh, like I wouldn't, I didn't like taking all that time off because it was definitely involuntary, but, uh, I came back to it with a real fresh set of ears. And even though I probably wasn't as diligent as I should have been in practicing or preparing, 
um, felt more like attuned to what was going on. Even if my hands weren't necessarily doing what I wanted them to do all the time, I still felt, uh, yeah, just refreshed Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I, I, I feel like people in the audience, uh, experience that in their own way too. So. Now, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, the the two bands you play in, the Gladsome Light, which is based in Texas, mm-hmm. Cameron Marlowe, who was originally from Kannapolis Campo- area, now in Nashville. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about getting involved uh, with those two two gigs. Oh, yeah. Um, so the Gladsome Light is this, uh, you know, uh, I'd say uh, Christian adjacent kind of pop rock band out of uh san antonio texas uh and i met uh, the singer ty when uh my wife and i lived out in austin we were out there very briefly shortly after getting married we wound up coming back to uh, the charlotte area but uh while we were out there i filled in with um with gladsome a couple times and um like we played the reopening at the hippodrome which is this historic venue in downtown waco which is a great little town and um Ty, I think, was working in Waco at the time, and so I would I would come up and play with a lot of those Waco guys, and um, and then, you know, as the years went on, we kept in touch, and then he started sending files to me, and I'd send files back, and then a, another buddy of mine, uh, Martin Patrick, who's actually a Winthrop grad, uh, was a music major here. Uh, he's the drummer, and so you know, I got we got that connection to this area too, so. Um, so the three of us just sent files back and forth and, um, you know, have been doing camps and conferences and recording singles and making records ever since. We've been doing that for about, I'm going to say four years now as uh, with us as like the core of the band. But I mean, the band's been around uh, probably since 2012. Uh, I want to say 2012. But um, yeah, I joined up in 2014 and then came back around full time in 2015, 2016. So and then Cameron Marlowe, uh, yeah, he's a he's a country singer by way of Kannapolis. He was on The Voice a couple years ago and he was Blake Shelton's guy. Hmm, okay. Uh, I think he was with Adam and then Adam cut him and then Blake like saved him in whatever they call that round where they get to pick somebody that they like. And he made it to the top, um, 24, top 12. I don't know. Uh, I can't, I, I don't recall. He's probably, if he hears this, he'll be gnashing his teeth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he went and, uh, I think about a year ago went and cut some songs up with, uh, I believe Brad Hill is the producer he, he worked with, um, up in Nashville. And, uh, he cut about four or five songs up there and, uh, said, I got to put a band together. You guys come out and play, uh, for me. And we all knew him through playing in, uh, in churches together. So he pulled me and a couple friends on, on a guitar and I'm playing bass for him. And one of his high school friends on drums pulled us together, rented a room at the playroom up there in West Charlotte for four hours. And we spent an afternoon polishing up four hours worth of music and then went and played dive bar outside of Florence, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and then from there it was just, uh, you know, playing bars, playing clubs, then going up to Nashville and, um, playing up there, played on Broadway at Blake Shelton's place a couple times. And, uh, it's funny. I'm not really like a huge, uh, modern country 
fan. Uh, it wasn't really until I had to, you know, start playing it. Uh, so I've, I've gotten developing an appreciation, uh, for that. And, um, uh, it's funny. He, he was busting my chops all the time about not knowing any, <laughs> any standards. He'd be like, you know, this song I'd say, no, um, I'll fake it. So there was an adjustment period for me for sure. But you know, you want to get gigs, you've got to play a lot of kinds of music. So, um, that's been enjoyable to, to learn all that. So I think earlier in the year, Cameron, uh, signed on to, to Sony and that's when, you know, we got the Skinner and Travis Tritt opening slot, which would have been great. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, I mean, it's postponed. We're on for 2021 if we, uh, we decide we can make it work, but, um, yeah, uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind year, I think with, uh, with, with Cameron, he's kind of eaten up the bulk of my time. Not that I'm complaining about that. That's been, it's been a good time. So yeah, there's been a lot of traveling and I think, uh, kind of at the peak, um, we were probably in a different, you know, state, I'd say, you know, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're pretty much spoken for consistently, uh, which is cool to have that kind of weekend warrior type vibe. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, but like, like I said, that went from playing covers for four hours and in, in clubs and, and bars to, uh, doing more proper venues and then looking into getting into some support slots. And I tell you, COVID couldn't have come at a worse time. Yeah. Uh, it's cause that just pulled the rug out from under us. Um, the only upside is, you know, I don't think, uh, we had gotten our momentum up as far as it could have gone. So I think, you know, it's better to start rolling the boulder back up the hill from near the bottom than halfway to the top. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to that, to that, uh, coming back around, but yeah, we keep, we keep in touch and, you know, it, it helps to be, uh, in a band with a lot of people you can vibe with and are, are, are good friends with. Cause I mean, it's, I mean, people say it all the time, but, and it's cliche, but it's, you know, you don't get pulled onto these things for if you can play your instrument better than the next guy, but that's part of it. It's, uh, being able to hang out and, uh, just, just be chill and not cause a lot of drama. Right. And, um, so yeah, it, it helps to be able to, talk a lot of talk a lot of crap to each other and be uh still be still be friends by the end of the day so yep yeah and i mentioned um doing session work and i know you kind of said you've excuse me done some uh you know sending files back and forth and and things like that even outside of of gladsome because you're talking about the files with that but um I don't know how much you can get into it but i know you did some some work in nashville earlier this year and uh I wonder if you could maybe kind of elaborate on that because I don't. It, it seems that in because you know, I'm I'm big into music and and it seems like whenever I talk to people they seem to kind of have an idea of how session work goes. But from other conversations I've had with people who've actually done it, like you, it seems that there may be kind of misconceptions about how all that works. Oh yeah, I mean I I'll, I can only speak to what I've seen happen and and be a part of, but. Uh, you know, in, in, in this case, I mean, I was in town and, uh, Cameron invited me to come out to Brad, uh, Brad Hill's place and, um, sit in for a little bit. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, how do I, how do I, how do I put this 
there's really no analogy that can do it justice. You know, you get in there with the bones of the song and you add this instrument and you add that instrument. I mean, the producer's just like, yeah, let's throw a pedal steel in here. Okay, let's throw some more guitar. Oh, now these drums like don't fit. So let's retract this or let's program these uh, drums in or add a sampled snare. And so you're always just adding on to things and then going back and changing the foundation. And then that makes you add new things on top is, is, uh, is what I've seen these guys do. So, you know, it's really not uncommon to, uh, you know, have tracked the bones of the song with a live band or, you know, near live instrumentation. And then later on have somebody come in and, and do dubs overdub, like, um, you know, maybe a uh, guitar needs to be brighter. So, you know, they could try to EQ the problem out or they could just, bring somebody else in and have them or the same guy in, you know, and have them, uh, take another pass at it. So, you know, it's very much a constantly shifting work in progress with a lot of these guys. And, uh, in my case, I happened to be there in the right place at the right time. So, um, and I had my stuff with me. So I sat down and did, um, bass guitar and uh, some synth work, uh, on a few songs that'll be, you know, uh, coming out over the, over the next little while. So Cameron's latest single burn them all. That was the first time I got to be on a, uh, on a big, uh, major label release. Uh, I played bass on that one and that was, that was really cool. Um, uh, just to be, you know, in the control room next to, next to Brad and he's produced for people like Marin Morris and like brothers Osborne and, um, and others. I mean, he's, he's got a good, good work history he's been there for a long time he's a he's a great dude too he makes you feel really comfortable and really at ease so you just sit next to him and he's like uh try this and you just do it um and you're very much like feeding off each other and kind of uh playing off each other because he's directing you i mean i'm even watching his body language for where to go next and just you know he's feeling something i stick with it or if he seems to lose interest i'll change the tack up but yeah i mean we you know just did a few few takes on everything and then um you know, he comps it together and, you know, if, uh, sounded good going in, he can, he can, uh, make it work in post-production. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was really no different than anything I've done at home, just more people in the room, better equipment. And, uh, yeah, uh, if I stopped and think about it, I guess it would have been more pressure, but it honestly went so fast and I've never seen somebody so fast in Pro Tools. Hmm. That guy, I'd say, uh, oh, like uh, I, I flubbed a note there and he'd be like, Oh, you hit it in the other take. And it'd be like, click, 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 click. And he'd have comped in like this one note. Oh, wow. Uh, from another take, which your music purists right now are all pulling their hair <laughs> out going, no, you can't just comp it. Just play the take. Right. Um, I didn't know half this stuff. Right. You know, there was one song that I, that I, uh, tracked on. We'll see if my part actually makes it on or if he doesn't call somebody else in to, uh, overdub it, which is fine. You know, it happens. Um, but I was literally going like measure by measure, punching in every time, which is just, I, <laughs> it just looks horrible. Uh, and then I, you know, got the gist of it and was like, all right, take me back to the top. And then I, you know, did some solid takes because I, I do want to preserve like the um, integrity, you know, of the performance because you can go through and play it piecemeal, like measure by measure, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, like play the verse. Okay. Let me learn the chorus real quick. Okay. Now start me at the chorus. I'll record that. But you know, it feels more natural and would probably take less massaging in post-production if you just know the thing from beginning to end and, and go in prepared. So, um, you know, but then in some cases you just get, you know, 
coach puts you in and you're like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So you just hang on and, um, yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it helps to be friends with everybody in the room. So when they say, man, you suck, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you have a good laugh and you go back and, and take another pass at it. So sure. just, uh, you know, not being super in my own head the whole time, uh, helped with just relaxing into the performance. I think that's, uh, scarier than actual play in itself. Cause if you can play live, you know, in front of people, sure. It's like almost worse than public speaking in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say just, you know, once, once we relaxed into it, courtesy of uh, a couple hours in the room and some Tito's, we, uh, yeah, we got, we got it. Now. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a couple hours maybe. It felt like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt like no time at all, but, um, yeah, that was, that was my experience there. And that was Cameron Marlowe with Burnham All with today's guest, Sam Booth, on bass guitar. So is that, in, in some ways, is it less pressure to do it like that where you have somebody saying hey do this as opposed to sessions like with gladsome that that you've produced where you're kind of having more i guess to to deal with but you also have i guess more creative freedom to kind of play what you want with the ones you're doing or is it just kind of oh man i mean i could i could almost rank them like the yeah having somebody in the room telling you what to do is intimidating because they've been there done that seen it all Mm -hmm. and you're not special to them you know you are not anybody that, you know, they've played with better people than you. They've made better songs than you're making now. Uh, but that takes the pressure off in a way. Cause you know, I'm like, Oh, I can just look to this guy and he's like a, like a uh, coach to me, you know, mm-hmm. that's, or like, um, Justin metal Johnson, who was the, uh, bass player for nine inch nails and Beck. And he produced like a bunch of, uh, M83 and Paramore. I mean, the guy's, you know, a monster producer and a monster bass player. And I, I look up to him in a lot of ways and he, he's, you know, is in his production work, he talks about producing being like parenting, which mm. is like Latin for, you know, to bring forth. Parenting literally means to bring forth. And mm-hmm. so like a good producer is going to look, you know, at a younger kind of inexperienced player like me and be like, okay, I see where you're going. Let me help you get there. Uh, if you need a pep talk or a, you know, or a, or a word of encouragement or something, they're, they're there to do it. So, I mean, yeah, it's this pressure to be in the room with a accomplished producer, but that actually feels the safest versus, you know, a singer or a producer sending me a song to track in my home studio. Uh, Cause then, you know, I have to dial in my own sounds. I have to figure out what kind of what vibe do they want. And so I have to give them some options, but also kind of like, you know, give my own, uh, best idea like i put my best foot forward and say like okay here's my idea of what the performance could be and then i'll give them some other takes that they could splice in comp in together Mm. or uh pull from if they needed something different so there's a little mind reading involved in that uh but you know they can the worst that's going to happen is they're going to email you back and say uh we're going with somebody else or hey can you try retracking that and do this a little differently uh and then i think the hardest is when you're in the driver's seat yourself and you are um overseeing the tracking and you, you either are the engineer or you've got an engineer in the room with you and 
it's up to you two to put your heads together and figure out how to make a piece of music that people are actually going to want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have tried that and succeeded and I've tried that and failed. And uh, that to me is the absolute scariest because, you know, it has to sound good going in or it's not going to sound good coming through somebody's speakers. Right. So even something like, like drums, um, you know, I'm not experienced enough to feel 100% confident going to, you know, studio space with an engineer. Artists is, you know, provided all that stuff for us. Um, I don't feel like I'll ever be 100% confident in that situation. And, I, and that's part of the fun is, you know, uh, these songs, you know, they don't have, um, they don't have form yet. They don't, they haven't been recorded in any meaningful sense other than iPhone demos or, you know, uh, a little home studio, little demos. Uh, so when it's time to go in there and do it for real, it's amazing. Cause you, uh, you feel like, you know, you're, you know, carving the block of marble till you set the angel free or whatever to, to mm. paraphrase, uh, is that Michelangelo? I'm not a arts major. I think so. It's one of them Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you can, I mean, you can command Z, you can undo stuff. Mm-hmm. But then now that means there's limitless options. So how do you pick a pick a direction and, and go? And when you get invested, how do you, you know, tell yourself, okay, just because I spent all that time on this wild goose chase doesn't mean I need to stay on this wild goose chase if I realize that I'm wasting my time now. So, you know, there's uh, no one went to... Uh, Hold them and when to fold them to paraphrase another great. Yeah. Kenny <laughs> Rogers. Yes, sir. Um, so, I mean, that I think is, is the hardest and that definitely puts me through the most uh, mental anguish, mm-hmm. strips my anxiety to like sky high levels because I feel responsible. And if the, if the song flops or if no one's happy, you know, I feel like it's my fault uh, for not knowing. And I mean, like I said, I've made some horrible, horrible mistakes and had to go back and fix stuff or. Uh, even <laughs> mistakes that I've made that didn't become apparent until later. And, uh, you know, it's good to have, it's good to have a, a grown up in the room to hold your hand. Um, so yeah, if you got to be the grown up, then oof. <laughs> it can be, it can be daunting. So yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I would much rather be <laughs> playing lowly old bass guitar in a session, uh, with somebody holding my hand. Cause that's just, yeah, I don't, I don't have to have all the answers. Somebody else does. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, you I mean, you'll even see these guys though. Like if you have a suggestion, I mean, they're not there like dictating to you what to do. Like Brad was great to work with because I'd say, oh, what about this? Like as I got more comfortable with him, yeah, I, I'd make suggestions and, um, and it's funny, there's producer language. So they, you know, good producers don't shoot you down. You know, they're like, oh yeah, we can try it. <laughs> that means I'd rather you didn't. Yeah. Hey, what if you do such and such? What if you play it this way? It means, okay, now I want you to play it this way. And then, you know, oh, I don't know about that means, dude, no, absolutely not. What are you thinking? So, <laughs> so they put it to you real nice. But, you yeah. know, if you crack the code, it's like um, save yourself a lot of heartache thinking they're making suggestions when they're uh, they're politely telling you what to do. Right. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't, you know, if you, if you just read the room, you won't even have that problem. You'll just have a good time and make some music and, um, yeah, have a blast. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um we really appreciate you coming on here today, yeah. and uh, this was a great, great conversation. And uh, looking forward to next year, hopefully to to see y'all out playing shows. Oh yeah, I am too. That'll be uh, that'll be great. The little taste of it, you know, that I've managed to get here and there during this year has been been awesome. But it's gonna feel real good when, uh, yeah, you can 
go out and have a good time and uh, not not worry so much. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again. And um, so this has been Matt Thrift with the Palmetto Report, and we were talking with Sam Booth, a musician and producer. And uh, we will see y'all next time.